listening to the Hurdy Gurdy Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Vakula, here to help you travel the world at next to no cost through credit card points, miles, benefits, and rewards. Make money, save money, and take advantage of great deals. Thanks for joining me for episode 57, Hotel Credit Cards with Mark Konchinski. We talk about the benefits of hotel credit cards, tips for getting started in the credit card hobby, and many ways to save on travel. Enjoy the conversation. All right. Thank you for joining me today, Mark Konchinski. Did I get that right? You did. (laughs) All right. And you're here today to talk about your hotel credit card spreadsheet. But first, of course, is the burning question. How did you get started with credit cards, travel, points, and miles? You kind of learn like uh, gaining, you know, I can gain this percentage or that percentage and then you're kind of, well, if I spend this much on put on the card versus paying cash or paying by debit, then I can kind of gain a little bit back, a little bit back, and then have a side benefit here. And then you see another card with our sign-up bonus, and then you kind of think about, well, how does that incorporate my overall strategy and kind of build from there? Right. So originally you were just using one or two cards, but over time you realized the benefits of getting multiple cards and getting a lot more back rather than some people who chide the hobby is like, oh, well, why bother with more cards? You could just get one card and use that for everything and get 2% cash back. But the rewards are much, much more through all of this. Exactly. And and you kind of fall further down the rabbit holes. You learn about more cards and, and how different people are, are getting, you know, um, additional travel and uh, other nice perks as far as upgrades and, and different things like that. What was the turning point for you? Probably, well, I had my first card uh, in my, my adult life, I should say. My, my first card was the Chase Freedom card, and then I picked up my own Credit Union's uh, 2% cashback card. Um, and then quite a while later, I thought, well, are there any other more cards that have reward categories like the Chase Freedom? And it turns out the Discover card, of course, does. Uh, I just missed the Dividend card. You know, they just closed the, that the city, up. The city Dividend for listeners, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I just missed out on the, being able to get that, um, but the Discover card, I signed up for that, and then you kind of you keep building from there. I was originally going for cash back, but then you quickly figure out that travel is really where your best benefits are going to come to you. Right. There are some good cash back cards out there. The Blue Business Cash with American Express, I think, was one of the best. That was a $500 sign-up bonus and 2% back on everything, but that recently got downgraded to $300 at select merchants. So what I very often see is that there's much more value in the so-called travel credit cards rather than the cash back credit cards. Absolutely. And then also you can look at the reward nights as being a bonus versus just doing strictly cash. So if you're going to get 2% back with the city double cash, uh, 2% back in your spending, but you can have a hotel card, spend enough over the course of the year and get a free night, well, that's certainly a better way to go. And one card I reviewed was the Hilton Surpass card, which has the six times points at grocery, which will be in many cases a better return than say a 2% cash back card. Although as uh, something you've mentioned was that these points have different valuations depending on how you're redeeming what status you have with the program. So 6X isn't 6%. So what does the 6X really mean to you, at least when we're talking about Hilton? Absolutely. Especially if, if that rewards program, if you stayed at, at enough nights or a particular credit card has given you a certain status, which has like a fractional multiplier of like 15 or 20 or whatever percentage base over and above the base points. Mm-hmm. And with Hilton, we have certain things like fifth night free, that if you book five nights with points, you get the fifth night for free. So that makes the points a little bit more valuable when you're staying for five nights in many cases. Right. And I believe Marriott has the same type of program. Mm -hmm. So different hotel credit cards. And and why uh, why bother with the hotel credit cards rather than other credit cards that are offering more flexible currencies or cashback credit cards? Well, you can always earn your points in the flexible currencies and then transfer to uh, those points to a hotel card and really kind of maximize the perks from that hotel program. So if you would transfer points from American Express into Hilton, and then you would have the status of the card when you're checking the hotel and then kind of increase your, your, uh, the stretch of those points. 
Right, so we have some synergy between cards and a car alarm that's going off in the background that hopefully listeners won't be hearing. <laughs> what timing What timing for that, right? Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so we get these flexible points, like the Chase Sapphire Preferred is one of the best offers out there right now, I think, for many people. You could transfer those points to Hyatt, or you could use the Chase Travel Portal and get redemptions with that, so the flexible currency is certainly have a thing. But the hotel credit cards are really appealing when they have the big sign-up bonuses or the really good offers, or as we mentioned, those free night certificates. Like on the Hilton Surpass, if you spend 15000 in a calendar year, you get that free night. So that adds value to that spending that you're doing anyway. Yes. So rather than just the 6x points at groceries, we're getting 6x plus that free night. And if we could value that free night certificate at maybe $200, $300, we can do the math there and find out how much more we're getting. And in many cases, that would be a, a great card for a spend that's outside of bonus categories that we might prefer other cards for. And that is specifically why I wanted the Radisson Rewards Premier Signature from U.S. Bank, was because they give you enough bonus points every single year to more than compensate you for the annual fee and then you turn right around and if you spend $10,000 in the course of a year, up up to three times in a year, spending up to $30,000, you'll get one, two, or three free nights good anywhere in the country on top of the points you earn with the card itself. Yeah, we don't often hear much about the Radisson Rewards Visa. We hear about the Altitude Reserve, which I think is a great card. I have it. That was very much on the top of my list for a while and still is. But that Radisson card has lots of potential, especially for high spenders. Most hotel credit cards will only give you one free night, but this having the three free nights is really, really right. good. And also the points that it gives you in, in relationship to the annual fee don't expire. So you're really only, if you spend on it, you earn enough for a free night or two or three over the course of the year. But if you have an off year where you're just not staying at Radisson that year, the, the annual fee point you can just kind of pocket that and keep it in your pool of points as opposed to if you sign up for like a Hilton card mm -hmm. uh, that gives the benefit of a, of a free night every year. You have now committed that you're going to stay or just lose that uh, hotel night. Right. So the anniversary points are really nice. We're seeing that in some other cards that we'll get into a little bit later. And U.S. Bank, that could be a tougher bank to get in with. I, I think many people just write off U.S. Bank because they can be a little bit stricter with approvals. What, what advice do you have for people who'd be interested in U.S. Bank credit cards? Oh, they're so very sensitive to inquiries and new cards. It took me just shy of a month to get that card. You're, you're calling into reconsideration and verification. Huh. I mean, they're all very nice to you, but I... I have an easier time getting a mortgage than I did getting that card. It is, it is challenging. Well, what, what was your profile um, at the time? How many inquiries did you have in the last six months on the bureau that they pulled from? I had two inquiries on the bureau that they pulled from plus uh, within six months, which is what they're really concerned yeah. with, plus one that had just fallen outside of the six-month window. Ah, that might have been, been it. Yep. And then um, it, just, it was just very critical, but it is what it is. I mean, once you have the card, you don't have to worry about it. And hopefully if I were to add like, you know, the altitude reserve at a later date, hopefully that they are more um, lenient. But um, I'm, I'm guessing that people need to start with like their, their lesser, their um, easier cards and kind of build up to either the Radisson card or the altitude reserve. I know the altitude reserve, you have to have another card with them or a relationship of some sort to get the card. Right. My, my tip is opening the brokerage account with us bank. I covered that in an earlier episode is you could just open this mm -hmm. online investment account. I put $300 in there and I applied for altitude reserve shortly after and I was approved. I also had, nice. I also had the flex perks card that I got in early 2020 when I didn't know about the brokerage account. So I suppose having another credit card and having that relationship helped. And more recently they've had a bonus for a a bank account, open a checking account with them and get a $300 bonus. But another picky part of them is that you can't open a checking account unless you have a relationship, uh, if you're outside of their footprint. So in Pennsylvania right. here, even when I traveled, I was in Chicago, I was in Vegas, and I, I couldn't get that account opened. They're like, oh, you need a local branch. And the Radisson Rewards card is almost like a hidden card, because if you go to U.S. Bank and look at their credit card offerings, 
they don't show it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Harley, you Harley Davidson like, is just like that too. For a different hotel chain. <laughs> yeah. The Harley Davidson visa and some of their other co-branded cards you, you don't see on us bank's website. It's really strange. They, they right. don't advertise their own products. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> like, don't you want people to sign up for it? Like, you know, they have the trouble of, of pressing the cards up. You think they would want new customers? <laughs> if you're if you're if you're <laughs> listening, U.S. Bank, we'd be happy to consult with you, of course. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so R- Radisson Rewards, uh, pr- pretty good. So I, I hope listeners, if you're going to apply for cards with U.S. Bank, to have zero inquiries in six months, and you could even uh, play some interesting methods of freezing two out of three of your credit bureaus, particularly the busier ones. And hoping that they pull that third bureau. And if they don't, then you have to wait another 31 days and apply again. Or you'd be flagged as a duplicate application. So little little steps can give us a little bit of an advantage when the banks are so picky. I didn't do any of that. I just applied. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just, <laughs> I was denied. And then you call recon and then back and forth and back and forth. It was You spent a lot of time on hold. Um, I will say that once you get the card from U.S. Bank, their customer service agents are very responsive. However, if you're calling recon, you can wait 25 to 40 minutes on. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've so. made some I've made some bank calls while I was just preparing in the morning. I put it on speaker. I had to cancel flights during this pandemic and it was it was a long hold. So uh, just I try to multitask. I encourage people to multitask, maybe make calls while you're driving as well. Although being on hold and right. listening to the music isn't the greatest thing. So maybe that's a better thing than just put your phone on speaker at home and just just wait. wait you don't enjoy those songs. <laughs> that, that song is great. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's terrible. Uh, so many with First National Bank of Omaha. I've had many calls with them, but that's a that's a story. That's a story yeah. for another day. I I tried for the Best Western card at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, around the same time period after I applied for Radisson and I was I was kind of denied. I'm like, well, I'll try for the Best Western card instead because I I consider the multiplier to be similar. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, yeah, I was flat out denied for them. And they said, there's just no chance of them reconsidering it. I'm like, uh, well, fine. So then I turned around and, and got the, I got an offer in the mail from American Express because I have the Blue Cash Preferred card from them. I got an offer for an uplifted offer on their Hilton Honors card. Um, and then I got another one the next day. And then like two days later, I got another one and a fourth one. <laughs> And I actually signed up for it after the second offer when I realized it was 100,000 points versus the standard 75,000 points mm-hmm. for a free card. And then I wouldn't have a hard pull because, you know, once you have the card with American Express, they tend to let you have more cards for no additional hard pull. Right. So while I'm doing the song and dance with U.S. Bank, I actually got the Hilton Honors card from American Express. The card physically arrived. I hit the sign up bonus and I'm still, I was still waiting at the time <laughs> to find out from us bank. If they were going to even approve me for the card in the first place. Oh, so yeah, I, I'm looking at getting more us bank cards and uh, another card with Barclays bank. So I'm, I'm putting it on pause at the moment. My Apparama was in August and I'm going to wait six months. I'm going to do a Barclays right. and a us bank in the same day since they could be sensitive. And speaking of Both Barclays, of- we have the new Wyndham cards. I had two episodes about the Wyndham cards. They were so good. They got their own episodes. Much better than the older yes. Wyndham cards, that's for sure. Yes. Um, when I originally made that hotel uh, card spreadsheet, I didn't even consider the old Wyndham cards because they were just so bad. <laughs> that yeah. It was like, you just open it up and you're like, look at it, you're like, oh, that's just awful. And you're like, you know, you, you kind of close it up and you look, you look past it It's something else, but... <laughs> yeah, with, with these cards, it, it seems amazing, especially for people who go to Caesars properties and just transferring the Wyndham points one to one to Caesars Rewards, where you're getting at least one cent in value. As we have a thousand Wyndham points, would be worth a thousand Caesars points, which would be worth a dollar. So a good uh, yes, or or ten dollars. <laughs> they they use these weird denominations, right? Uh, it's it's a little bit a little bit confusing, even for me who. Is all in on this stuff, right? And then they have that weird go free faster benefit of the 10% <laughs> discount Wyndham uh, related uh, redemptions, which I don't know anybody else offers anything like that. So it, it kind of changes all of the point valuations depending on how you look at it. You're giving 
a 10% boost to the point you already have? Or are you looking at your redemption that being a 10% less? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it makes it be a little bit more complicated math as you're getting some kind of rebate or discount with that. And, and oh, to say, uh, so 1,000 reward credits with Caesars would be worth $10. So that's how they do it with okay. that math. They have a zero there. So with Wyndham, what are you, what are you looking at the, the points to be worth about? You've looked at several properties on, on average. How many? I do. Uh, when I do my evaluations, I'm looking at at least 24 different properties around the country at what I consider to be the prime time of year to visit. Because my my take on it is you don't want to choose one area or one um, subcategory of hotels within that program. Like, you know, Best Western has multiple property types. Uh, Wyndham has, has, you know, the Super 8s. They've got um, La Quinta, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm looking at a variety of their different properties. And I look at them at prime time because I figure if you're going to Anchorage in the middle of winter, you know, in Anchorage, Alaska, you're going there because you have to, not because you <laughs> want to go. It's going to be really cold. Um, and you're going to um, uh, Florida in the heat of summer. You're going there because you have to go there for work or whatever. But if you're looking at prime time, then you want to know when your points are worth the best. Mm-hmm. And properties, uh, to go back to Radisson, they, they don't have the largest footprint. Wyndham has a larger footprint. Hilton has no, they do not. Yeah. a higher a uh, larger footprint, but we see some Radisson. I, I know there's one in Kalamazoo, Michigan. If uh, Darren is listening to the show, I know he'll appreciate that. And uh, Iceland, some Radisson properties in Iceland, some higher tier properties with them. All the programs, we kind of associate it being with American hotels, but it, you can go stay in Europe. You can go to Mexico. I mean, there's there's uh, properties all over the world that these are affiliated with. Right. So good to look at the options and see what it's worth. And in, in some cases, you'll get great value in like the Hyatt places of the world, the 5,000 points and maybe other places, a Hyatt place would be worth 10,000 points a night. So you're getting like half value with your points. So it, it could be a little bit mathy and we're looking to mm-hmm. optimize and how we're using our and how we're using our points. And as you're a fan of saying, America loves math. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I pulled that from the Myonomics podcast when I was on there. And I, I've adapted it to my show, too, because you get all these numbers going around. So if it's like, oh, you get, as you put in your hotel spreadsheet, which is in the description of the episode, it's like seven tenths of a point for Wyndham points. And then you're getting this like right. 20% rebate or 10% rebate or what have you and some bonuses with status and stays. So you're looking at here that we're getting the eight times points on gas, which is really, really generous, but that's not necessarily worth 8%, especially if we're going to use those at Wyndham properties, maybe we're getting close to 6%. Which is still terrific. Yeah. I mean, it's 6% back on gas. So many people out there are looking, well, what's the best card for gas? What's the best card for this? And they're not seeing the big picture of, of you can get a great card, get a sign up bonus. And in the process, pick up a great card for gas. Yeah, absolutely. I think so many people get enamored with these so-called everyday spending categories, but they're not really spending a lot to get a significant return. And they're just using the same card again and again when they could be getting multiple cards mm-hmm. and sign up bonuses and benefits and free night certificates. So there's a, a lot more value to be had, especially with these hotel credit cards. Absolutely. And also, you know, looking at a Ducks Unlimited card, for instance, back in the day mm-hmm. when that was the 5% cash back card, it had no sign up bonus. Right. We're here, you're going to get the Wyndham um, earner card uh, and you can actually pick up a gas perk and use that gas purchase as an ongoing, if, if you're not spending a lot at Wyndham for, for whatever reason, you can actually use the gas perk to keep this, the card alive as far as uh, showing activity. Yeah. And we're talking about a 50,000 point sign up bonus. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah. And to transfer that to Caesars and get 500 bucks. And I, I like to stack those things because I'm going to Vegas, I'm going to Atlantic City. And if I can get discounts on hotels, if I can use my status to waive resort fees, and if I can get lounge access and other entries, we're talking use 1,000 points with Caesars to get entrance into a lounge for all you can eat food and all you can drink alcohol. What great value for that. You're automatically getting the Wyndham Diamond status through the card too. 
and that matches to Caesar's diamond status, at least as of this recording here in October of 2020. I haven't done all that yet. I have, um, I've been to Vegas twice, but I've not, um, not done the gambling and, and that kind of thing um, to the degree that you are. Mm-hmm. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. And even for people who aren't into the casino culture, maybe it's the first time they're going, they could still experience the higher levels of status. Uh, when I was in Vegas this month, I, I got two free tickets to ride the high roller wheel. And I posted all of these pictures from the strip. It's um, one of the highest points that you can be at in Vegas on this like Ferris wheel thing. So a lot, a lot of cool things, uh, really a lot of good deals. So for Wyndham and Barclays to put out this really nice card, especially now uh, we're still in the midst of a pandemic here. We're seeing such great credit card offers. Absolutely. And also all the shows that you can see too in the fancy restaurants, celebrity chefs and things like that. Yeah. The show is unfortunately on hold. It's either the tickets for the high roller wheel, or you can see the bodies, the bodies exhibit at Bally's at the moment, but still, yeah, still, still some nice things. That's for sure. We also have the World of Hyatt card with Chase that's not in your spreadsheet, but yet a still, but yet a solid card that one can get. Oh, absolutely. Uh, from what I understand, they have a very rewarding program, and, and that has the annual free night, I believe. That's right. 15000 spend for the free night every, every card member year. Okay. So a little bit more than, than the 10000 for Radisson, but you might have an easier time using it because you, there are more hotels where you want to stay. Right. And U.S. Bank, uh, I think we should know, could be a little bit more sensitive to certain kind of spending. So if there are people out there buying gift cards and you're buying in large quantities, U.S. Bank has been known to shut down accounts for people with some heavy spending. And with Chase, with a lot of other issuers, they can be more lenient about that, too. But still, a whole calendar year to spend 10000 or even if you're going for the 30000 goal and you're, you're just doing a lot with credit cards anyway, then that's... That's a really nice thing. And that's probably the best time to pick up a, a new card is when you have like a big project, like if you're doing home improvement, um, or if it's a new semester and you're paying for college, things like that. And then all of a sudden you can put a big amount of spend, hit a sign-up bonus, and uh, really carry that through. And we were chatting. Some, some people, they get intimidated by these large sign-up bonuses. Like, how could I possibly spend $4,000 in 90 days? Or how am I going to spend 10000 in a year? But you, like some of my other past guests, have found very creative ways to spend more on cards, like asking family members, hey, you know, if you have any big purchases coming up, um, you can give me the cash, swipe my card, like things like that. You, you've engaged in some of that, too, right? Absolutely. Uh, and that's, that's a nice way to have like a silent partner in your hobby is, is to find somebody who really, I mean, you're not taking advantage of them, but, but you're just telling them, hey, I'm trying to do this. And they may not care about credit cards. And you tell them the stories about what you're trying to do as far as sign-up bonuses. And they they appreciate what you're telling them. They understand they they could do it themselves, but they really don't care. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to help you out because you're going to put their purchase on your credit card. And again, you want to do something with someone you trust. But then you can hit sign-up bonuses um, with their assistance. Right. Former coworkers I had would be happy to give me cash or send me money through Venmo or Cash App or whatever when I would pick up the, the lunch for everyone or bring some things Absolutely. in. They, they, were, they were very good for that. And I would talk about deals and they, they would like, oh, I can't believe you do all this stuff. You're crazy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then they, yep. they'd be happy to take part in the benefits. Like one day I went into work, I had a, it was a Black Friday deal for, I think it was 20% off any purchase at Target. So I told my coworkers, hey, if anyone wants to do some holiday shopping, I'll be happy to let you use the coupon, just give me the money and it's no extra charge to you. So I did some shopping there, I gave them the full discount and I was happy to do it because I helped someone else and I got the spend on one of my cards. Perfect. Indeed, the game isn't for everyone. It does take a higher level of organization, but I I do recommend that people start very small. Just get one good card, see how it works for you. If you're comfortable, add a second one, go from there. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an all-in thing. You know, maybe it will. Maybe you go further down the rabbit hole and you have like 20 credit <laughs> cards. It's it's a fun game, I think. But it, there can still be value for those who don't have a tremendous amount of cards. And every so often, you and I do see this. Uh, some folks have like 30 and 40 and, and cards going. But it does take a, lot of, a fair amount of work to have that all organized, like you said. Yeah. As far as like 
payment dates and things like that. Yeah, they've, they've been in the game longer. And it's at this point now where the, the main barrier is just waiting for time between inquiries. So I, right. I, I got an email. It's American Express. Like, thank you for being with us for two years. And I was like, oh, great. You know, I've, I've made it this far and there's still a lot more to go in the future. So it's exciting. It's always a, a new deal going on, some kind of creative way to spend and meeting a lot of people through the hobby, not to mention all the travel experiences that that we can have, saving significant money. What, what are some of the trips that, that you've taken with Miles and Points? How has it helped you? Just booked, uh, not just, but I just booked tickets to uh, Fly Down Universal. That's my, my next trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to, to use UR Points from Chase uh, to book that on American. Oh, nice. So the, the, fl- yeah. so the, the flight's covered, your hotel's going to be covered as well? Uh, we're staying on property, so um, it was a little bit different. My girlfriend arranged that, um, so we're staying um, at one of their owned hotels. So there was a special deal going on because of the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, that you got, you know, the, the days you spend, they get bonus days besides. So we're, we're just going for that trip and staying on site. Nice, nice. We're about halfway through here. I'm with Mark Konchinski talking about hotel credit cards and his hotel credit card spreadsheet which is in the description. Some people who are listening, they, they hear this word annual fees and, oh, I don't want to pay any annual fees. And they, they get really scared about it or they, they don't think there's value in paying the annual fees. What, what do you have to say to them? The annual fee cards tend to have a much better reward uh, as far as what you get back from what you spend and also the sign-up bonus tend to be higher. And the important thing to remember is you're not locked into those annual fees forever. You can either cancel the card if you wanted to. You can try to negotiate some sort of uh, discount or reward program benefit for you to spend so much on the card, and they'll give you a free benefit back, which will compensate you for the annual fee, or downgrade to the no annual fee version of the same card. Right. Most of the annual fee cards do have a no annual fee kind of little brother that you could downgrade to. And the first year is almost always a huge win. If you're getting that big sign-up bonus, even if you're getting a sign-up bonus of, say, 30,000, 40,000 points, and you're paying an annual fee of maybe $90, $100, whatever, I see it as a, a great investment. It's like, hey, I'm willing to put the $100 up, and I'm going to get more than, say, $700, $800 in value from this one card. Absolutely. Especially if you have you know big spend in your uh, near future because of, of car repairs or, um, you know, home improvements or whatever that you can turn around and, and turn that bad thing into a, to a not quite so bad thing. Yeah. And, and have good things in the future. Yeah. Even I had the Chase Sapphire preferred card. I often recommend I recently upgraded to the Chase Sapphire reserve and there's the $550 annual fee, but I'm getting a $300 travel credit. I'm getting a $100 credit for DoorDash. I now have the free membership with DoorDash and Grubhub Plus, and I've been able to stack a lot of deals. Um, when I was in Vegas, I looked in both apps, and there were so many restaurants that said things like $7 off your first order, $8 off your first order, and free delivery. So that was really great mm-hmm. as I was eating dinner for 5 or $6. I was going to many different restaurants or at least having that food delivered to me. And it was really nice. So if you use these benefits and use them well, it's it's very even. It's very easy not only to break even on the annual fee, but to be well ahead. And you can even compound that by associating your credit card with like the Hilton Dining Program, the Hilton Honors Dining, or there's other hotel. American Airlines has them. Uh, another number of different airlines and hotel chains have. It's all from the same company, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you can actually get rewarded on the tail end for those. Uh, restaurant purchases. Yeah, so lots of unexpected benefits and different promotions that come out month to month. We open our emails every morning and it's like, oh, look, I get a $10 bonus even for using this card on PayPal. It's like, oh, that's super easy because I'm making those purchases anyway. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts has a good uh, coupon going with both um, my Propel card, for instance, and also some of the Chase cards. So you would put your uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee or whatever on, on the card and earn like 10% cash back. Oh, there you go. Yeah, those little offers can add up and you could even use those to buy gift cards and just load them to your app for some balance there. And th- thankfully, it's a it's a really good community. We're not combing through the flyers of every place and going to like every 
company's website in the morning and looking for stuff. We we have websites like Doctor of Credit, GCGalore.com. I had Stephen Pepper, the host of GC Galore, on a previous show, and so many other websites, Miles to Memories, Frequent Miler, all, all these people out there who are um, collaborating and putting all this information together for people to really to really benefit. And that cashbackmonitor.com? Yeah. That website. I don't know if they, they people who run that don't sleep or what, but they have like everything <laughs> broken down as far as you can just put in any merchant that you want to shop from and then it'll give you the very best kind of in a in a spreadsheet program. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and for listeners who who don't know cashback monitor, there are these sites that are shopping portals, kind of like affiliate websites. So instead of buying something directly from GameStop, for example, you go to a different website that takes you to GameStop and then you get cash back or points or something uh, just for yes. just for using that portal. Swagbucks or Rakuten. Oh, all about Swagbucks. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy. I just got started with Swagbucks. It's it's been it's been different. Nice. Yeah, just the other day there was a deal for a Home Depot gift card. You could buy a five hundred dollar Home Depot gift card through them and you got a ten percent rebate. And with the swag bucks being worth a little bit better than one cent per point, that's uh, as, as good as it gets for Home Depot. Mm-hmm. So lots and lots and lots of deals. And especially with the pandemic, people at home more often, it's a, a great time to get things arranged and just uh, go through some of these deals. And uh, that's something I really like about this hobby. It's just um, something extra to do. And the payoff from it is really tremendous as well. Even if you can't travel now, there's a certain joy in planning the travel. You know, looking for the different restaurants to go visit and then picking out a hotel and things like that. That even when you're not able to travel like now, but you could uh, plan for for better days. And we'll certainly be ready too, as we'll have our miles and points ready to go for future trips. Absolutely. Yeah, so many people I, I sadly hear and they say, like, I can't travel. It's too expensive. It's like, no, 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 there's a way to do it. <laughs> yes, yes. Do you have any other tips for people just starting out? I like uh, Groupon a lot. And what I'll do for traveling is I'll actually, you can go through like Rakuten or, or whatever site is giving a perk for that on the front end. And then um, look on Groupon for the city you plan to visit for restaurant deals or entertainment deals in that area um, to make an additional you know, purchase and find some new restaurants you may not have chosen. And if you're not familiar with the area, which I'm guessing you're not because you're on traveling, <laughs> yep. you can actually uh, go on like Yelp and read reviews. So kind of really kind of go in as an educated person uh, who's not familiar with the area, but you're, you're kind of being very savvy on finding a good deal for a restaurant you might not have chosen if you were just driving on the street or known about for that matter. Oh, that's a really good tip. You could definitely find dining experiences and much more where you're traveling mm-hmm. and it saves you some time. It's like, oh, look, there's this bowling alley offer and I can go there. And, you know, who would have known that there was a bowling alley in Kalamazoo or wherever you were Absolutely. going. Yeah. <laughs> so that yep, you can do that for whale watching and whatever, whatever deals are happening in the area where you want to visit. And then you're, you're printing them out. You've already made that purchase. You can make the purchase now even though you're not traveling for, you know, uh, four months to go to the city, um, just make sure that the voucher is done going to expire before you're able to do the travel. You've you're kind of spread your purchase out. If if you're kind of budgeting for things that you're going to buy some of your entertainment or some of your dining, you're going to prepay it now um, and have it all set aside, and then uh, have your paid voucher go in with you on your trip. Even some local dining, there were deals at Johnny Rockets of all places that was like a $15 dining credit and it was like a 50% off and there was some other stack and it ended up being like two bucks. Like, wow. So some interesting finds on there. Sometimes they have gift card deals too. I've purchased gift cards, yep. uh, Lowe's gift cards from Groupon before. I have that. I haven't used it yet, but I have it. I've got uh, one for Outback and one for Carabas, which are both which were all purchased on Groupon. Nice. And for people just getting into the credit card game, one thing I often hear from people is, is it going to tank your credit score? No. <laughs> if you went nuts, I guess you could. I mean, you know, if you if you keep applying different cards um, and, and you're just keep going and going and going and don't stop, but if you take out your breath every so often, I, mean, I think 
three or four cards for the average person shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, so maybe we'll take that initial hit of like three to four points on a credit score, but in time it, it bounces back. And yes. does it really matter anyway? Like I, I see people obsessing. It's like, I want an 800 credit score, but like, does that really matter? Like, can't you be okay with 750? Is there really going to be a difference between 750 and 800? Right. Unless you're applying for a mortgage, then you want to be very careful. Yeah, yeah. One, one exception there. And of course, we're paying our balances in full. We're being responsible Absolutely. with our spending. And uh, in many cases, treating it like if we were using a debit card or a checking account. You know, we're not spending more than we have in the account. And we're not buying more just because we have plastic in our hands. Right. Or metal for all those out there. Or metal, yeah, right. <laughs> But that's one thing that I do is I'm reviewing my my credit card accounts uh, at least once a week, if not more than that, maybe twice a week, uh, just to make sure that um, you know I'm keeping the balances in check. And I do have it set up that all of my charges are going to send a text to my phone. Um, but I'm still going in once or twice a week to check the balances. Yeah, and a, a good tip there just to make sure, too, that your accounts are in good order, that there's not any fraud or any charges you don't recognize. Some people have that fear, like, oh, your information is out there. Your identity is going to be stolen because you're applying for all these programs and cards. I hear I hear that, too. So staying on top of it is definitely something to do. And it, it's weird. I've heard some people just um, staying away from banks and credit cards altogether because they're worried about their information. But I, I, I don't think that that's really going to help. It's like, what's the alternative? Are we going to just live in a shack on the mountains or something? You know, our, our info's out there one way or another, but we can definitely be careful in what's happening on our account and making sure that people aren't stealing our uh, accounts and paying for gas in random states that we're not in at all. And then also, I mean, even as a, a I keep a spreadsheet of my various cards and I'll kind of go through them one, two, three, four, you know, et cetera, uh, just to make sure that I've reviewed the balance on each account and then... I also have them arranged in the spreadsheet by their due date because uh, that does not change. So you, you kind of go through the, the list, you know, it, once a week or whatever is comfortable for you to make sure that everything's in good standing and, and in good order. And certainly with credit cards, we have protections. I've heard so many horror stories from people with debit cards and like, oh, money was drained from my bank account and it overdrafted the account. And then they have to go through all this hassle. And then, oh, what about the other auto pays that they have? or bills that they're paying with their debit card. Well, with credit cards, we, we just don't have that issue. And if there is any kind of suspicious charge, we could just call and they say, okay, well, you're not responsible for those payments and you don't have to float money for no reason. And, and they're just so good anymore about catching the fraudulent transactions to begin with. I mean, I actually just got a text and uh, email from Chase about a, a, a suspicious uh, charge they denied uh, from a, some site in Canada. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, that, that was this you kind of a question. And I'm like, no, no, it was not. <laughs> and they shut the card down and issued a new one to me. Um, so that was just one transaction out of the blue that they just, you know, caught them funny, I guess. And they, uh, they took care of it and I got a new card, you know, no, no problems at all. Yeah, there you go. Very easy. Sometimes the fraud alerts are so big, they're trying to protect me from myself. I, I renewed a Sam's Club membership and I got a fraud alert for that for like a $40 transaction. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I had that a while. I wasn't using my Discover card. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Discover has rotating categories and it was 5% of gas stations. So I bought a gift card for Amazon. Again, one more reason why you don't need the Amazon gift, uh, Amazon charge card rather is you don't need the 5%. You can really score 5% elsewhere. Oh, absolutely. But I hadn't used my Discover card in a while, and I got a, they, they flagged the transaction and, and, I, uh, and called me. Like, I, my phone was ringing in the, in the uh, gas station. Uh, <laughs> do, you see, do you see a man uh, in a gas station who's trying to buy a gift card? Yeah, right, exactly. It's me. <laughs> so, and then we were able to, to figure it out, and, and they were able to, to unlock the, the transaction. I had to rerun it, but... Um, but they were able to, to authorize it and, and go forward. But uh, but they were so, um, you know, right there, right at the moment. <laughs> you know, no delay and, and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, the gas station spend could be a trickier thing because usually people aren't spending more than like $75 on gas. And, so when they're seeing like a $200, $300 purchase, they're like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> especially when you've kind of parked your other cards, you're trying to hit a really big sign-up bonus. 
and you've kind of parked everything else for, for a month or two. And then all of a sudden you come in and you're doing like two <laughs> feet at the gas station. And they're like, wait, what, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> who has this car? It's not you. You know, they call you up on your phone. So yeah, for, for me, capital one is the worst about the fraud alerts is, uh, I called them and say like, Hey, could there be some kind of limit that you can put that triggers the fraud alert? Like anything over 800 that might trigger a fraud alert. Oh yes, we'll do that. And then I, I tried doing a transaction and it still gets flagged, even though it's a $500 transaction and like, Oh, I'll go through this. Sometimes I'm in line and I have to wait for the text message to come in after the initial decline. And then I could verify it by typing yes. <laughs> the, the the struggle is real here, <laughs> for sure. Capital One has kind of been kind of finicky. It looks like for other folks, as far as uh, you know, people trying to get those cards or get higher limits on those cards or just trouble in general with their with their system. Yeah, if you have a thicker credit profile and higher scores, they're not as happy to approve people. Is what I constantly hear. So they must make their money on folks who are not paying their, their balances off, and that's their primary goal? <laughs> We'd have to ask them. If you're listening, Capital One, yeah. if you'd like to make a statement, <laughs> uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. You put out this wonderful offer for the, the Venture card, but I don't think many listeners can actually get it. Right. <laughs> Great. Are, are you looking at new cards coming up? What's your situation looking like at the end of 2020? The card that's currently tempting me is this increased offer from American Express um, on their Bonvoy card, but it's a strong spend. It's five thousand dollars in three months. So I mean, I, I can get business cards, but uh, just trying to stomach that that five thousand dollars spend. Ah, so you're you're a, a lower spender, but definitely a lot of ways to increase that spend with being creative, as we've talked about. So. Some ways, some ways around it. I'm still on the uh, American Express Plum card journey here trying to get to 30,000 in six months so getting pretty close getting pretty close right. but uh even even for me and especially with other cards it's it's been a little bit more of a task than i thought it would as when i got the card there were so many stores that were shut down there weren't so many deals going on so my spending dramatically dropped for a month or two and there's only so many so far in advance you want to pay your cable bill and, uh, and things like that. Yeah, and I think that's an important point you bring up to have that foresight to know your own spending habits because it's a real tragedy to sign up for a card and miss the sign-up bonus because that's one of the major reasons to get it and that's most of the value that you're getting. So don't don't take on too much. And I think don't take on right. too little too. Like people, it's like, oh, well, look, I could sign up for this card and it's such an easy $100 sign up bonus because all I have to do is spend a thousand in three months. Like, no, you, you could do better than that. Right. But I do think that some people in, in the game kind of take on too much. They'll try to, to hit like three different big sign up bonuses. They'll get approved for the cards. And then they're like, well, how do I hit that spend? And like, they're trying to spend because they've compounded the problem on their own yeah. rather than hitting one $5,000 spend. They're trying to do like a, a five and a three and a two, and all of a sudden you're trying to spend ten grand in three months. Which, if you can do it, you know, more power to you. Mm -hmm. if you can do it without without incurring pain. But my God, yeah. Unfortunately, some of the groups people are like, "Oh, my sign up bonus uh, deadline is coming up in two weeks. How can I spend two thousand dollars?" Like, no, you should have thought about that earlier. You should have had a plan. Yes. <laughs> or at least stagger them so that way the next card is coming up as the first card spend limit is being met. Uh -huh. So you're not trying to, to have the same start point and the same end point. Yeah, it's it's very important to be really deliberate with this thing and not just make decisions on the whim, right? Or whatever expression you like to use to just be very, oh, there's, very careful. It's like playing chess. I mean, you have to calculate each move you know, and how that is going to impact your next move. And you try to plan like a card or two in advance and, and plan your spend around that. Right. Yeah. And even uh, one mistake that I made is when I first got into this, I didn't know much about Chase and their rules. And I, I really wish I did because I would have more Chase credit cards in my portfolio. But now I'm stuck with two only. And that's probably all I'll ever have with them. But you could stop. <laughs> years oh, come that, on you can do it <laughs> that, that that would be that would be terrible i i had the option to wait for <laughs> like uh it was maybe eight months or so but i figured wow there'd be such tremendous opportunity costs and they've just been stricter and stricter 
about things, some people just getting denied for the reason of too many opened accounts. So it's like, and that's where having a player two in your um, in your game can help out as well. Is that if if you can have them sign up for some of the cards that you're not eligible for at the moment, or kind of bounce back and forth between applications. Yeah, or double double dip in many cases. Too. Yes. So a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of potential with that for significant others, family members, friends, children. You know, who who and knows? That would really help. That would really help out with the hotel cards because the cards that come with an annual free night. Well, if you're player two, your spouse or significant other um, has a second one of those cards, you can get pick up Saturday night and they can pick up Sunday night, and all of a sudden you've got a long weekend. Yeah, I did. I did that in Hawaii as I had Aspire and someone I was traveling with also had the Aspire. So we were able to combine combine certificates for the same reservation. Perfect. Yeah, the free the free night certificates can be a little bit of a drag. I'd prefer to have points rather than free night certificates in almost all cases. But that's just the game and a year plus to use them is good as now the extensions with the pandemic are on so those certificates that were supposed to expire in december well we're giving you a free more few more months or another year to use them so that's nice that they're doing that and then we hope everything will open up by then right or else i just extend even further <laughs> hopefully so i had to cancel a flight with delta and they gave me travel credit or e-credits until 2022 so i still have a while to use that which is really nice all right very good we're towards the end here any final words any tips for listeners um i would definitely say to look at joining the different reward programs because you also get different offers that kind of might steer you towards one hotel credit card or another so you can kind of take a peek at at what type of offers they they give you you know whether it be like book you know twice in this year and then um you'll save 20 percent and and different things like that and you kind of look at well where am I going to be traveling this year? And then kind of line that up with hotels that might be in that, those cities and kind of work it backwards. And then you say, well, Oh, well, maybe I should get this card uh, this year and kind of jumble your priorities a little bit because you know that, that you'll, you would enjoy staying at the various properties. And these programs are almost all free to join too. It's like you just enter your personal information to sign up with Hilton or Hyatt or whoever. And you never know what kind of offers that you get and some points, bonuses, so why not? Absolutely. And they become the base points. I mean, I, I always see uh, the various uh, you know, different videos on, on YouTube and that where they're talking about, you know, this card earns six times on Marriott spending or six times on Hilton spending. But they don't nobody ever breaks down what those points are worth for every dollar you spend in the hotel. The base points from the, the free to join hotel program, plus the credit card, if you have their card in your hand. Um, what does that trend uh, transition into in terms of percentage back towards future stays? Right. So that's one thing in your spreadsheet that you're breaking that down and seeing, okay, well, that five times points for Radisson, that's worth about 2.18%, you're saying here for just one example. Yes, um, that's for general spending. So you're getting 2.18%, but then if you can uh, hit $10,000 in a year, you're going to get the free night certificate, which I value around $150. And you're also going to get the annual, you'll have to pay the annual fee, which is deducted, $100. But you'll get a point bonus, which will be more than that. So the, all the math, because American loves math, <laughs> all that math yeah. transitions into a 4.72% on general spend. So all these people who are, are getting excited about the double cash, which has no sign-up bonus, and you're getting 2%, Whereas if I could spend $10,000 in a year, which is not that hard to do on general spending, like car insurance, you know, um, you know, uh, going to Sam's Club, for instance, if you don't have like a particular card for that, um, but you're going to be earning 4.72% as long as you can comfortably hit $10,000. Good. And even in that first year, if you're already spending towards the sign up bonus, it's not like you're spending 10000 additional. So oh, absolutely. That's so the, another yeah, the point. first year you're talking about another seven. Um, so that if you were going to try and do this, the, the, the year to try it is the first year because you've already committed to spending um, 
depending on which offer you take advantage of, because the Radisson Rewards Premier Signature has two different offers. Uh, there's one for 85,000 points for spending $2,500 in three months versus if you look around, uh, you can find one for 120,000 points for spending $3,000. So it's a nice bump in the terms of points uh, that you're going to earn for just spending $500 more. Good. So but then you've already spent three. So you might as well spend ten. <laughs> oh, and then twenty and thirty. <laughs> in, in for a penny, in for a pound, you know. Right, right. So yeah, very, very good. And and what I do to keep track of the spending when I make transactions, I have Evernote, and I, I add the numbers in there. Some people use spreadsheets or different ways to do it, so I know Ever. where I am rather than going on these projects of looking at past statements and then adding everything after the fact. That can get cumbersome. Evernote. I, I'm a Google Notes guy, but I, I, I'm sorry, Google Keep rather, uh, Google Keep. But I, I've tried Evernote. That's that's a tricky one because it has all kinds of features. <laughs> it gets a little too crazy as far as what it what it can do. I, I try I try to keep it simple. I, I just have all the different notes, and uh, I'll have a title, and that's that's about it. <laughs> wow. All right, good. Wow, that that went by pretty fast. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. And I do plan on adding additional hotels uh, as time permits. Um, it is a, a you know, pretty decent time commitment to add each different uh, hotel. I, mean, I kind of went nuts when I added the first three. <laughs> um, but And then I added Choice and I added Wyndham. I have plans to add other ones, but it, it does take some time. All right. So I, I think Barclays and U.S. Bank are making some big moves. Uh, the underdog banks here, I think uh, lots of potential with the hotel credit cards and many others too. And I'm sure we'll see good things from Chase, American Express, and some of the bigger banks going forward. The hotel card spreadsheet, you'll find that in the description of the show. Talking here with Mark Konchinski. And how can people find you on social media or contact you in any way? Oh, I'm really actually not on. I mean, I'm, I'm in a bunch of the different credit card groups, but I don't have like a Instagram or, or you know, website or something like that. I, I really kind of keep it low key. All right. Very good. Thanks for coming All right, thank you for, And thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more content. Visit my website at hurdygurdytravel.com to contact me, find me on social media, read episode transcripts, schedule a free credit card consultation, and support the show through Patreon, Subscribestar, referral links, and buying from my eBay store. Watch me on camera on YouTube and listen on many podcast platforms. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. Supporters of my Patreon and Subscribestar pages receive special perks, including a custom podcast episode, questions answered by upcoming guests, and monthly private one-on-one -on -one conversations. Schedule a free 15-minute consultation with Cakeology to formally establish your business, build business credit, and get premium business credit cards. When you select from various paid services after the free consultation, I receive credit for referring you. Listen to Cakeology on episode 12 of my podcast. Find my affiliate link on my website. Build and grow your business with the help of Burst Biz Services. Burst Biz helps you grow and start business, expand business credit, and increase your business visibility with online listings. Use my affiliate link at hurdygurdytravel.com for a free business evaluation to get in contact with Burst Biz.